Octa Non Verba is a show that's raw and real, featuring hard-hitting interviews with people that live by the ethos of actions, not words. Marcus Aurelius Anderson is a TEDx speaker, best-selling author, veteran, and leadership and mindset coach. With this show, you get to join Marcus as he goes inside the minds and experiences of the world's most successful warriors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts. With each episode, you're going to get the philosophies, concepts, tactics, and strategies these leaders use to turn adversity into victory, to live an extraordinary life based on actions, not words. Now, here's your host, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. I'm Marcus Aurelius Anderson, and this is another installment of Octanon Verba's Warrior Wisdom. In these shorter solo episodes, I highlight lessons from warriors past and present from the battlefields of Italy, Greece, Japan, and the Middle East to more modern-day warfare, including the tactics seen today in business, society, and culture. The reality is this. The world is a battlefield, and to not master these lessons leaves you grossly ill-prepared for the adversity that you will inevitably face in the future. And I will cut right to the chase here. This episode covers my experience at Jocko Willink's Echelon's Fronts Leadership Event, The Council. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know who Jocko Willink is, as well as the leadership company that he founded with Leif Babin, Echelon Front. But for the uninitiated, here's who Jocko is. He's an American author, a podcaster, and retired U.S. Navy SEALs officer whose military service includes combat actions in the Iraq War, where he commanded SEAL Team 3, Task Unit Bruiser the unit that fought in the battle against the Iraqi insurgents in Ramadi. Willink co-authored the book Extreme Ownership and the Dichotomy of Leadership with fellow retired SEAL Leif Babin. In addition to his other companies, Jocko Fuel, Origin, Apparel, and Jocko Publishing, he also hosts his weekly podcast, The Jocko Podcast. This episode will focus on some of the key takeaways that I learned from the event, as well as from the instructors Jocko, Leif Babin, J.P. Donnell, Jason Gardner, who I had the honor of interviewing a few episodes ago. If you haven't listened to that one, check it out. And then Steve Ward. These are all people that were at the council number two, a gathering of leaders. The event, the council itself was on July 20th through the 23rd, 2022. One of the first things that became apparent about this event was the location was going to force many participants to truly detach. The event was held in a secluded ranch in the mountains of Northern Washington state, only a few miles south of the Canadian border. During the event, some of the participants were having a difficult time with cell reception and Wi-Fi access. They were having a hard time getting back to their people to put out the fires of the day-to-day operations of their business, respond to emails, etc. This helped many of them better understand how important communication and standard operating procedures are for their business because if they already had them in place, then they could step away for a few days and it wouldn't be an issue. In the mornings, we'd wake up and do PT together as a group at 0500, yes, that's 5 a.m., and exercise for about an hour. The PT consisted of mainly calisthenics and Tabata interval style training. Next was a quick shower and then breakfast with some conversations with fellow participants until the lecture portion of the morning began. Now, the material presented by Jocko and the EO instructors in the classroom represented a powerful deep dive into leadership, extreme ownership, and the ability to utilize the four laws of combat in every area of life and business. We were then split into smaller groups to work on these lessons to better absorb the material while an instructor was standing by to observe and assist when asked or needed. We talked about many things, but the four laws of combat for many of you, I think will be a powerful takeaway, and they are this. Number one, the first law of combat is to cover and move, which is essentially teamwork, but in the military, it's a tactic that we use. So if I have a buddy who's trying to get to a more superior position or trying to exfil, 
I need to give him cover fire. So that means I cover. When he hears me starting to fire, that's when he moves, cover and move. When he's in a position that he's actually able to actually start giving me cover fire, I hear that and now I begin to move. And in this way, we can leapfrog forward or we can peel off and escape safely. Thus, the idea of teamwork, one, cover and move. Number two, the second law is simple, is what they say, meaning to simplify as much as possible from planning to communication to execution of the plans. And while this does sound simple, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy. Murphy's Law is always there, and this importance of redundancy to be able to have people cover and move for you, to have overlapping areas so that when something goes bad, you at least have a contingency plan. That's why simplicity is everything. The third law of combat is to prioritize and execute, which is exactly as it sounds. And you've heard me say this many times. If everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. Find out what's truly important and begin to execute ruthlessly towards those things. The fourth law is decentralized command, which means learning to build more leaders. And just like I alluded to earlier in the podcast, many people were becoming bottlenecks and they weren't even aware of it. They were having people make phone calls to them or send them emails to take care of some of the simplest answers that they should have been giving their team the materials for long before they left. And while you may be familiar with the four laws of combat, I would challenge you to do a deeper evaluation not just of these laws, but of your application of them. I found myself saying often, yes, I do these things. Yet, after seeing the examples of these principles being demonstrated time and again by everyone from Jocko himself all the way down to every single supporting team member, it became obvious to me that I could apply them more diligently and that these laws are the very reason that Jocko has been able to scale his tremendous success in such a short amount of time. Another point that Jocko had was that most things don't matter. As I mentioned earlier, Jocko has multiple companies. This means that he has some virtual assistants and additional assistants, but he still gets a tremendous amount of inbound emails, messages, and phone calls. So when he gets these, when he gets an email, for example, he asks himself, does this matter? His default answer 99% of the time is no. Now, this doesn't mean that this email doesn't matter. I'm sure that it matters very much to the person that's inquiring or to other people that are associated with, but it's just that if it doesn't already fit into the battle plan and the priorities that Jocko has already established for himself and for his team, then it just means that he doesn't have time for it because doing so would mean that he would have to compromise on other areas, on the time that he spends with his family, on maintaining his own health, on his own fitness, his own rest, his own recovery. This is all part of this discipline necessary to say yes to the things that are truly a priority to truly prioritize and execute. Another technique that he talked about was this idea of making a point. And he said, if you want to make a point with somebody, first ask them a question. By asking the question, it makes the person receptive to your suggestions. And on Echelon Front's online Extreme Ownership Academy, which you can go to if you go to echelonfront.com. Jocko, Leif, and other instructors have mentioned time and again that in order to influence somebody, you must be first willing to allow them to influence you. Why? This creates reciprocity. It creates buy-in from that individual. An example of this is to tell a team member or an entire team, hey, listen, here's the objective, and this is the purpose behind this mission. How would you all want to go about this? So instead of being the leader that just comes up with all the answers and has a plan and says, here's a plan, we're going to do it, go. There's going to be many times when you as the leader or as a CEO don't have all the answers or don't have time to find them, which is why you created a team in the first place. 
So by asking the team and the individual team members about what they would do to input, you are now empowering this team to take ownership of the plan and run the play. And because they have had a hand in making the solution, this makes everyone want the plan to succeed because they were part of it. They were part of creating the strategy to finding the answer. This level of investment from the entire team means they will be more proactive on the next opportunity, which allows them to take even more ownership. This is the very definition of decentralized command. In other words, you create more leaders, not just followers that are going to take up more of your time asking you questions. Another point that kept coming up over and over again was this notion of self-leadership. All leadership begins with self-leadership. When companies tell Jocko, I can't wait for you to come in and whip my team's ass or get them in shape, many are surprised when Jocko unpacks the company's problems and shows that all leadership ultimately begins and ends with the leader themselves. In other words, all leadership begins with self-leadership. This is the power of taking extreme ownership because by taking ownership of everything that is going on in the business, both the good and the bad, the leader now has the ability to change how these things are done with the same level of ownership. Ultimately, it comes down to you to do the work. No one else will do it for you. And if you are leading, then leading by example is the only way to lead. If you're not leading by example, you're simply setting a bad example. Now, of course, this had a lot of extracurricular experiences. We went horseback riding in the Majestic Mountains. We learned the art of the pistol from four experienced former Navy SEALs. And we also got to go on hikes and swim in the refreshing lake, all while discussing leadership principles and lessons, making this truly a completely immersive experience. The entire team at Echelon Front and the entire team that was there supporting them made everybody feel incredibly welcome. From taking care of all the logistics of transportation to the gift bags that were absolutely next level, this made this a very unique and one-of-a-kind experience for all who attended. Echelon Front went above and beyond by giving each participant a mounted plaque with a group photo signed by all the instructors. To top it off, everyone received a challenge coin given by Steve Ward and Jason Gardner themselves as a lasting memento of the lessons learned this weekend. And before I get to my final point, I also want to mention how well run and smoothly executed everything was at this event. It was very clear that every person on Echelon Front and Extreme Ownership's team from top to bottom took extreme ownership of their job and were completely locked in and focused on the mission. This entire event exceeded my expectations from the exclusive gear and swag provided to the incredible conversations I had, not only with the instructors, but with the tremendous people who attended. Indeed, you could tell the quality that people attracted to this event was of the highest caliber. To close the event, Jocko mentioned that at a recent speaking event earlier that year, someone said, hey, Jocko, you need to do more podcasts. And you also need to be on other people's podcasts and get interviewed more often. Oh, you also need to write another leadership book. And some more children's books would be great too. Now, when Jocko was given an earnest question like that, he stops and he actually thinks about it and he tries to evaluate it. So he thought, where in my schedule can I fit all those things? Because it was indeed an earnest question. Then he simply stopped, looked at everyone and said, no. He explained that all the books, podcasts, speaking events, and cool teachers in the world won't do a damn thing to change these other people. Only they can lead themselves. Only they can change. Only they can do the work. And the people that are asking him to do this are the very people that need to take ownership, that need to lead. Because it is up to each of us as leaders to help lead those around us to create a better world. In summary, I can't recommend this event enough. If you're a leader or plan on being one in the future, this is a must-attend event. 
The experience of Jocko, Leif, and the rest of the team has helped countless businesses and individuals take their leadership skills and companies far beyond what was once possible for them. In fact, the conversation that I have with Jocko is now changing how I do everything in my business right now, even as we speak. Also check out Echelon Front to see other live trainings like the Muster, FTX, and other in-person events. Grab a copy of Extreme Ownership or the Dichotomy of Leadership to go deeper into this material on leadership. Again, Jocko's podcast is free. You can check that out. If you want to learn some of this materials online, where they go through and they actually do weekly Zoom calls covering all this material and more, you can go to echelonfront.com to join their Extreme Ownership Academy to see this leadership done in real time. Thus endeth the lesson. Your immediate action items for this lesson. Number one, are you really applying the four laws of combat? Can you have better teamwork? Are you making things truly simple? Are you really prioritizing and executing? Are you creating more leaders on your team by using decentralized command? If you're really honest, you know that you can always improve in these areas. Ask yourself right now, no bullshit. How can you focus on these things more efficiently? What would it take? And then get to work. The second follow-up question for you is, instead of having all the answers, where can you ask questions of your team or teammates to come up with better ideas to create more of a buy-in from everybody involved? Can you let them make a plan? Can you discuss it? Maybe ask a question or two to help clarify it, to improve it, and then let those people run with it? In other words, are you willing to have short-term inefficiency to create long-term results? Number three, finally, everything comes back to keeping your ego out of the equation. Jack always said time and again that the most important attribute of a good leader is the ability to be humble. You need to ask yourself, are you more concerned with being right or letting the team and the company win? With some honest self-introspection, I think this question alone is incredibly illuminating. Until next time, live a life of actions, not words. Live a life of Okta, not Verba. Thank you for listening to this episode of Okta, not Verba. If this message resonates with you, please share it out with others on social media. Hit that subscribe button and leave a review for the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please go to MarcusAureliusAnderson.com join his Okta Nonverba inner circle to get exclusive content, news, and information. Until next time, remember, talk is cheap. Live your life based on actions, not words.